Pastor Michelle Donatien coming to you from Michelle Donatien Ministries. And I want to encourage you with a fresh word from the Lord today. To Jesus be all the praise. This is Pastor Michelle Donatien coming to you with the Wednesday, October the 28th, 2020 edition. I'm so excited to be sharing with you today. I hope and pray that you've been looking to the Lord Jesus Christ from where all of your hints comes from, all of your help comes from, because he is mighty, he is glorious, and he loves you. Glory be to God. Today we're going to be talking about the first John anointing. What is it? This anointing is the most important anointing that you need in your life. It is the most important anointing. There are many anointings, but today we'll talk about what will sustain you in your walk as a Christian man or woman. Stay tuned. So the first John anointing, what is it? Let's talk about that for a moment, but before we do, let's open up in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. I thank you for each and every one of your sweet people here. Glory be to God. Lord, I ask that you touch each of their lives, fill each of us afresh with your Holy Spirit. Give us a love for you like we've never had before, hallelujah. Open up the eyes of our understanding as you give us your word. Give us revelation in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah. And I ask you, Lord God, to give me the words in the name of Jesus to share with your sweet people today. In Jesus' name, thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, what is it? What is the first John anointing? Well, as I said, there are many different types of anointings. And many people are looking for the power of God. But you see, we get it wrong when we misunderstand the point. The point of the Christian life is to live a life where we are servants to the Lord. We are not living for ourselves. We're living for him. More detailed or more importantly, and a better way to put it is, He's living through us. What does it mean? That means that we have to lay our lives down and take up our crosses daily. That is the Christian life. It is not about you can do it, you can do it, because let me tell you something. You can stand in front of the mirror all you want every day and give yourself wonderfully positive affirmations, but you will not have victory, not real victory, except by through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The book of Revelations chapter 12, 10, 11, and 12 tells us that the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, came before the Lord God, making accusations, accusing us day and night before the Lord. But what did he say? He said they overcame him, we, they being the saints, the men and women of God. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. The word of our testimony is speaking the word of God. The blood of the lamb, that is the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for you and for me. There is no other victory. 
all the other victories that we have looked at and people have said and self-motivation and you can do it, I'm sorry, my friend, that is not going to get you anywhere for eternity. You might have some wonderful things in this life and there's nothing wrong with having nice things in life, but that's not what we're living for. We're living for Jesus Christ. And in the end, the whole point is that you be and me, you and I be transformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. Not just because we are made in his image, but that when people see you or people see me, that they don't see us anymore. They see Jesus because we have laid down our life so that Jesus may live through us. That is what it's about. The first John anointing is just that. It is the life of Jesus Christ in you. So the life of Jesus Christ in you. I want you to turn with me to John chapter 15, verse 5. We're going to start with one. We're going to start with one. Let's look at this because I want to take you back. 15.5 is a poignant scripture. It's all very important, but let's, let's start with five and then I'm going to take you back to one. So I'll read five first. Turn there with me, saints. John chapter 15, verse 5 says, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without man ye, excuse me, for without me ye can do nothing. So we look at this and we say, what is the point? Well, then the Lord Jesus begins to tell us. He says, if a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. So I'm going to go back to verse 1, and then I want to just pick it apart. I want to break this down, I should say. Verse 1 says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus talking. And my father is the husbandman. Husbandman. What is a husbandman? Well, let's talk about that in a second. Every branch in me. Let's just talk about that. A husbandman is the person who is taking care of the plants. So if you've ever been a gardener, maybe you are a gardener. Maybe you have a vineyard or something. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you have a farm. Or, or you might have some plants in your house. I used to have a plant. I used to have two plants in my office. One was a philodendron, and the other one was a spider plant. Now, I don't know if you know what either of those are. You probably do. I think most people like plants, I think. I used to say that I did not have a green thumb. In fact, I used to say I had a black thumb because I felt like every plant that I used to touch, I would kill. <laughs> I don't know why, except though, the philodendron and the 
um, as far as house plants go, the philodendron and the spider plant. Those were the only two plants back in those days that I seemed to be able to keep alive. And I love plants. They're beautiful. They remind me of the Lord Jesus and the life that he gives us. So when I see plants growing, it really reminds me of the Lord and his life. So I love them in my house, but I would kill them all except for these two. And these two are really hardy plants. So I'm sure that's why I couldn't kill them. But what I would do is I took meticulous care of those two plants. I mean, they grew, both of them grew so beautifully. People would come into my office and they would comment on how beautiful they were. And I was so excited because I killed every other plant. But what I would do is I would, and a friend of mine, an old friend of mine, she, was, she worked in the office with me. Um, she since passed away, unfortunately. But she would come in, Candace was her name, and she would come in and she would, she was very good with plants. And I think she was the one who gave me the little piece, the little leaf of the philodendron and the little leaf of the spider plant. And I grew it from the little, little shoots, you know, that comes off the plant. And there was this, both of them were these huge, beautiful, robust plants. And so she would come in and she would show me how to prune them and take care of them. And what would happen is the more you prune those plants, the more thick and lush they become. And it's the same with the Lord God. He is the husbandman. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. So when we are growing in the Lord, the father will prune us. What does it mean? It means all of those things that do not bless him, all of those unholy things in our lives, he will take them out if we live in Jesus. If we live in Jesus. Why is it important? Because he wants us to look like him. Looking like him really means to be like him so that he gets the glory. When people look at us, they will see Jesus. They won't see Michelle. They won't see you, Johnny or Susie. They'll see the Jesus within you. And that will glorify God, which is in heaven. And others will say, what is that in you? I want that whatever I see shining and it's a light. They'll see the light and they'll want that light. And that light is Jesus Christ, because that's the only way that any of us will have the victory. The victory is life in Jesus Christ. All those other things, whatever God has called you to do, the purpose of that thing, if he truly called you, is that others might know Jesus Christ. That is the point. That is how, why he called you. He called me to be a pastor so that I might preach the gospel. Why? Not so that I look great and people think, I'm, wow, look how awesome she is. And whoa, she's so strong in her faith. No, it's by the grace of God that I'm even here. He called me because he could use me so he could get the glory that others might be pulled out of the fire. Because just the same way they Whoever those others are were pulled out of the fire. I, and so were you, pulled out of the fire. Hallelujah. By this same revelation, because of this same revelation, whoever spoke to you, whoever God used to pull you out of the fire, it was because they were in the Lord Jesus. It says in verse two, every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, 
he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Just like I told you about my plants. The more I pruned them, I took pieces of leaves that weren't pretty off, the more robust and beautiful and green the plant became. It's the same with you and I, my friend. So I hope today that you stop and you think, this first John anointing is not about the power working in you and the power that you see. And when people say, oh, I want that anointing, it's not about that. It's about the Jesus Christ that lives within you and me. So here we're going to go to one more scripture before we close. And this is in the book of 1 John. I want you to go there with me. But let me just, just put your finger there for a second. I think I want to share a little bit more with you about this. When we look at the word of God, we recognize that accomplishing goals are wonderful. I'm not here to say that you are not to accomplish goals. There is, that is, that is wonderful. Whatever God has created you to do, you do it and do it as unto the Lord. But when we use that as the reason for living, we miss the mark. I hope I'm explaining myself very well because for many years, many, many people, and this is not just now, this has always been because I think this is the nature of human beings. Many people think what they accomplish is who they are. But Jesus didn't die on the cross for what you would accomplish, did he? No. He died on the cross so that you would be his. That's what he died on the cross for, for whose we are. We're his. We're the blood bought. We've been bought with a price. Jesus died and he paid a great price for you and for me that we might have salvation, that we might have an everlasting life. So the very thing that we, that is the most important thing in our lives, that the overflow of Jesus, as he fills your life, the time you spend with him, your relationship with him is the aroma that others smell, if you will. They, the aroma, we know aroma is you know, a word picture kind of. You can smell the aroma of pizza coming from the kitchen. You smell the aroma of chocolate chip cookies from your grandmother's kitchen. I don't know, maybe you love to cook, I don't know, spaghetti on Wednesday nights. And when your children walk in the door, they smell the aroma of that spaghetti sauce. You smell the aroma of flowers in the spring. One of my favorite smells is very strange, but it's, or, or I should say it, it's odd. It was odd to me when I first smelled it, is the smell of um, purple kale. It smells like flowers. <laughs> it is amazing. Purple kale smells like flowers. Raw, when it's raw. When it's cooked, it's very good. I, I, I like kale. It's a very, you know, nutrient-dense food. One of my daughter's favorite foods, too, but... It smells like flowers. 
So when I get kale, I really just love to smell the aroma of the kale because when you're chopping it or whatever it is you're doing, you can smell flowers. Now, the aroma of Jesus Christ in our life is what others are smelling. And that thing that they're smelling or sensing, if you will, is what draws them to Jesus Christ. That's the anointing. The anointing is the overflow of Jesus Christ in our life. I want you to turn with me here now to 1 John chapter 2, okay? 1 John chapter 2, and then we're going to close. So turn there with me, 1 John chapter 2. All right, 1 John chapter 2, we're going to start with verse 20. Okay, verse 20. All right, well, let's, let's go to 24 through 28 first, and then we'll go back to 20. So 24 to 28, it says, Let that therefore abide in you, which ye have heard from the beginning. If that which ye have heard from the beginning shall remain in you, ye also shall continue in the Son. Continue in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he hath promised us, even eternal life. Now, what does that mean? That means that when you abide in him, you have eternal life. You do not have eternal life if you do not abide in him, if you do not live in him and him in you. Verse 26 says, these things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. But the anointing which ye have received of him abide in you. This is the secret to the Christian life, my, my friends. The secret to the Christian life. This is the secret, the Jesus that lives in you. It says, and ye need not that any man teach you. So what does it mean? It doesn't mean that you should not go to church and, and get good teaching, the meat of the word. But what it means is as your pastor teaches you, or even as you're listening here to this podcast, I'm teaching you. The Holy Spirit is really who is teaching you. I'm sharing with you. I'm giving, sharing Jesus with you. I'm sharing his word. But really, the Holy Spirit is teaching you. And why? Why is there a difference? Because think about it. When you read the word of God before, when you read the word of God before you were a Christian, if you ever did, you couldn't understand it because it's all head knowledge. But the Bible says that the only interpretation, the only real interpretation of the Bible, of the Word of God, is one that comes by the Holy Spirit. Meaning you can only understand the Word of God by the Holy Spirit. Everything else is head knowledge. So you might have a PhD in theology, but if you don't have the Holy Spirit who teaches us, then you don't get it. You don't understand what the Bible is really saying. You don't understand that it's a true and living word. It is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was called the word before he became manifest into flesh here on the earth, walking among us, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is the word. It is living. He is living. And then in the next part of the scripture, verse 27, it says, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And now little children abide in him 
that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. I want you to see that there's a contingency phrase here. And now, little children, that's you and I, abide in him. That, meaning so that when he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. That means you and I live in him. He is the vine and we are the branches. We are in him. When you look at a vine, you cannot, have you ever gone to a vineyard? If you ever look at a vine like wine, uh, uh, grape vines, grape vines, you can't see the difference between the vine and the branch. And that's what the Bible tells us about us living in the Lord Jesus Christ. You should not be able to see the difference between the vine and the branch. Because we should be so buried in him and him in us. Him living in us, living his life through us, that nobody can see the difference. That they can only see Jesus when they look at us. That, my friend, is victory. As we close here today, I want to pray with you. And I just want to pray that the Lord God will show you that anointing, that anointing that we talked about in the book of John, 1 John, that anointing is the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God living within you. And that is looking at 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. But ye have an unction from the Holy One, and ye know all things. That's the anointing. But verse 27, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is, is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. That is the anointing that matters. You can be a pastor, a preacher, a teacher, a bishop, an apostle, the president of the United States. But if you do not have that anointing, the Jesus Christ living in you, our Lord Jesus Christ living in you, you have no eternity with him. That, my friends, is the most important anointing. Everything else flows out of that. Everything else flows out of that. So when people talk about the anointing that they want on their life, there's an anointing that comes upon us and lifts that's the anointing for service. That's a different anointing. You can have that anointing and still go to hell. You've read it in scripture. They said, but we cast out demons in your name. We healed the sick in your name. And he tells them away from me. I knew you not. I didn't know you, he says. Ye that worketh iniquity. That's what he says. That means it can happen. It can happen. So the secret to the Christian life is to be in him and he in us. And that's by spending time with him. That's it. That's really it. You can't do it on your own. The Holy Spirit will do it within you. But you must spend time with him. That part is your responsibility. Let's close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we love and honor you. And I just lift up each person, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, each one at the sound of my voice, Lord, that you will give them a love in their hearts, all of us. 
Give us a love in our hearts for you like we've never had before, Lord. We love you. We honor you. We glorify your holy and precious name. We give you our hearts, Lord God, today. Show us where we've not been in you. Show us where we haven't lived our life fully for you, where we need to change, Lord God. Your word tells us, Lord God, making me, David said it, making me a clean heart of God and renew a right spirit within us, within me. So I pray that prayer for each of us here today, including me, making us a clean heart of God and renew a right spirit within us. Lord, we love and we honor you. We give you praise and glory. Touch each one of your people right now, today. Lord, I lift up the unsaved, I lift up the persecuted Christians right now, Lord God, in North Korea. We lift them up and we pray, Father God, that you will move in their hearts and encourage them. Oh, Lord God, that you will give them strength that you will teach them, Lord God, your word, that you will send supplies, that they will have supplies that nobody will find. Only they will know that they have the word of God and it will encourage them, Lord God, that no officials will find it or catch it, Lord, and give them the strength to continue to preach the gospel, Lord God. We love you, Lord. We give you praise and honor. Lord God, I I plead the blood of Jesus over each and every one listening at the sound of my voice and over their families, their businesses, their ministries, their jobs, and their finances, over their realms of influence that you've given them. Enlarge their territories, Lord. I plead the precious blood of Jesus over every relationship you've ordained for their lives. And Lord, for everything you've ordained in their lives, I ask you to protect it by the blood of Jesus. So we love you, Lord God. Open up our eyes. Help us to walk and live in you. Thank you. We praise you. And in Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. Well, my friends, that's it for today. I hope and pray you enjoyed this, that it blessed you. Of course, I will see you again tomorrow. Glory be to God. And we will be on 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we had some technicalities that um, where we are just, we ran behind schedule. So tomorrow we'll be back on target at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Share this with your friends. If it blessed you, you know it'll bless them. I love you. God bless you. Until tomorrow. Well, sweet people of God, I want to thank you so much for joining me here today. Tune in tomorrow for a new and fresh word from the Lord for you. This is Pastor Michelle Donatian signing off. God bless you. And to Jesus be all the praise.